In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This is the third Sunday of Missouri, and today's Gospel reading is from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 3, verses 22 through 35. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons he cast out demons. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder the house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation, because they have said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. And glory be to God forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. This is the third Sunday of Missouri and the first Sunday after the Feast of St. Mary, which we celebrated yesterday. Um, we the, Yesterday we celebrated the revelation of the Assumption of St. Mary's body after her death. So in a beautiful harmony between the church and the readings uh, of the church calendar, our Lord uh, today tells us that whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Because we honor St. Mary for various reasons. We honor her because, firstly, of her status as the Chosen One, as prophesied in the Old Testament, uh, relating to St. Mary and the birth of our Lord. For example, in Micah chapter 5, it says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, you out of yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. Also in Isaiah chapter 7 it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And in chapter 9 it continues, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And other direct prophecies like this in the Old Testament. Even indirectly, there are even more types and symbols of St. Mary in the Old Testament. For example, we know that she is referred to as the tabernacle which Moses made, the Ark of Covenant, the Pot of Manna, the Rod of Aaron, the Censer, the Burning Bush, the Dove, the, um, that um, Noah uh, sent out and, and came back with the olive branch, um, the ladder of Jacob and the golden lampstand. All of these beautiful analogies uh, we, we hear about and um, when we're attending the midnight praise hymns. Uh, so these are in the beautiful hymns recounting 
all of the topology relating to our Holy Mother, St. Mary. But besides these amazing prophecies and symbols of St. Mary, who is the chosen person to give birth to the Messiah and the Son of God, we also venerate her because um, to praise her is to praise God's work of salvation. It was necessary that Christ come in the flesh to redeem mankind, first to renew our fallen nature by uniting our fallen nature, which he received from St. Mary, to his divinity, and by that unity he raises up our humanity again uh, so that he can be present with us, tangible, uh, in a way that we can see and hear him and touch him um, so that humanity saw and heard and, and allowed us to see his miracles and hear his teachings firsthand. He came down to our level, so to speak, so that he can lift us up, back up again. And third, to offer the acceptable sacrifice on the cross, which, of course, um, had to be fully human and fully divine for it to have any kind of effect on our salvation. This resurrected human nature which was glorified and once again was allowed entry into paradise, was the same human nature that we all have and that he received from St. Mary. It was necessary, therefore, for our salvation that Christ, the Word of God, who created our nature in the first place, be united once more to our fallen humanity so that he can lift it back up again. We benefit from this work that God did, um, that Christ did in the flesh. Uh, from St. Mary by living in the Orthodox Church. How do we benefit? Uh, simply put, it means to partake of the sacraments, baptism, communion, confession, uh, the chrismation, etc., uh, to have a deep-rooted faith and belief in the teachings of the Church, to have a true faith, and to practice that faith in your life uh, through liturgical worship, through faith working through love, as St. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5. Through a life within the church, one finds the most elevated life because he or she finds God and becomes more united to him every day. She is then our mother of hope. She is the mother of hope because we now see the end result of the human nature, right? Which our Lord took from St. Mary. An, a human nature that is renewed, a human nature that ascends to heaven, that resurrects from the dead, that has power, that we receive through Christ our Lord. Furthermore, God allowed for her concurrence, right? He didn't just force this upon humanity. He needed humanity to accept um, and to initiate this work of salvation as well. So God allowed for her concurrence on behalf of all humanity to initiate this work of salvation. When Archangel Gabriel told her the good news, she responded, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Her yes initiated the work of salvation for the entire human race. Again, at the wedding of Cana, she initiated the life-giving and salvific ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, this is especially deep when we really consider uh, the fact that she kept many things in her heart before she initiated the three-year ministry of uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. For example, St. Simeon, when she came in to do to Christ according to the custom of the law when Christ was a baby, uh, St. Simeon told St. Mary, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So she knew that 
once Christ performs the miracle at the wedding, that the series of events would occur that would be unstoppable at that point, and it would change the world forever, and that she herself would suffer, according to the words of Simeon that she kept in her heart. Yet she says to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Therefore, the human nature that the divine word of God united with was from St. Mary, and it was St. Mary who accepted this willingly. Likewise, it was St. Mary who initiated that three-year ministry, even in the face of extreme danger and suffering, she did so courageously. Which brings us to today's reading. Venerating St. Mary for her many virtues that we know, and through either through tradition or through the body, uh, the Bible that we know that she has, we venerate her for these many virtues that she has. So we just talked about the courage she has, but it's therefore not only because our Lord took the human nature from her and that we honor her, or only because of the many prophecies about her and we honor her for that as well, but also because of her own virtue and nobility. Because one thing to remember is that when virtue is lacking, everything else is vain. Many put their hope on, on a lot of unstable things in life, right? And they put their hope and their trust in things that will eventually fail them. For example, some pride themselves because of their parents or their children. But we have seen, of course, many parents that were on the right path, but their children were not. And many parents on the wrong path and their children make better decisions in their life. We shouldn't pride ourselves with our families unless we have the same virtue of our families. That's what matters. Many pride themselves on the nationality or race. But the rise and fall of nations depends not only on the loyalty and the pride of their nation, but also on the virtue of the people in the country. We've seen this throughout history. We saw this when the Israelites were rebuked when they said, Abraham is our father. And they were rebuked with Christ saying, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Virtue is what matters, not just being called the sons of Abraham. Which is why St. John the Baptist also says, Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Let your virtue shine. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. The relationship with God, which God wants from each one of us is based on faith, on character, on our manners, our conduct, our virtue, and the free grace we receive through baptism and the regular partaking of the Eucharist. We have to accept this into our life. We have to respond to the work of the Holy Spirit um, in our life and show it in our actions. Otherwise, we're resisting the Holy Spirit. I want to read you a story which I've read in the past. Uh, so even if you've heard it before, I think it's still beneficial. It's um, a story from St. Shenouda, the Archmandrite, um, uh, who's a, a saint in the 5th century. It was also uh, translated from the original Coptic a few years ago. Um, it's kind of long, so bear with me. It's a beautiful story, though. St. Um, Shenouda goes on to say, There was a man who had three friends. Then came a messenger from the king to call upon him. And when he asked this man to go with him to meet the king, the man became baffled and confused and said to the messenger, I have a very dear friend whom I love very much, to an extent I cannot describe. Let me go to him and ask him to come with me, because I am frightened and scared for my presence in front of the king without anyone at my side. So this man went to his friend and asked and begged him to come along. But his friends answered, You will not get any help from me. I will not go with you, not even for one step.
The man was shocked and told his friend, You unfaithful friend, how can you betray me like this? I who loved you and was very keen on calling on you, I who suffered the heat of the summer, the cold of the winter, the travel in the seas and the climbing of the mountains to get to you, after all that, you are useless to me when I needed you the most. This friend symbolized, of course, money and wealth. So when the man was rejected by this first friend, he went to seek his second friend, his beloved family and relatives. But they, his family and relatives, also rejected him, saying, We cannot go with you as we are waiting for our messenger who is going to ask us to go with him as he did with you. So the man started blaming his mother, saying, How is it that you, my beloved mother, carried me inside of you for nine months, raised me for years, and now you are going to leave me alone with this messenger who accepts no bribes? And how is it that you, my beloved wife, with whom we became together one body and one soul, and you, my beloved children, who are the closest to my heart, would abandon me and let me go alone and make the grave my home? You, my relatives and beloved ones, how can you not be of any help when I go and stand in front of the king who called me? So the man lost his hope in his two friends. He came to a third one with whom he had a very brief relationship. And the man said to him, My friend, I have no right to ask you anything as I have done so little to our friendship and I was always indifferent about loving you. But there is a fearful and frightening messenger that came and wants to take me to the king and I am greatly troubled and in a big fear to stand before the king. And this third friend who represents the good deeds which the man did during his lifetime answered saying, Do not tremble or be fearful. I will go alongside you to the king and defend you. And all what comes upon you from hardships, I will bear instead. So when he heard this, the man became in great sorrow and dejection and blamed himself deeply for his shortcomings and indifference over the years, knowing his, that this good friend and strengthening his relationship with him. And then the man asked his, this friend, saying, Can you let this frightening messenger go and leave me here so that I can do the best I can for you and spend my time, thoughts, and efforts to become your companion and stop caring about my other friends who are of no good, love, mercy, or help to me? Because I was in great fear, but now I am in peace and tranquility due to your presence. And this merciful friend answered him, saying, That can never be. Anyone who gets called, this messenger will not have pity, mercy, or sorrow for him, not even for a minute. So your request is out of the question. Go, and I will be with you. So says St. Shenouda the Archmandrite, Now, my brethren, who are gathered in this holy church, have you heard that nothing will do anyone good, not his money, his children, nor his family, but only your faith showing in your good deeds in front of God? Therefore, those who have a noble birth or are proud of their ancestry profits very little uh, if their pattern of behavior is lacking. On the contrary, Christ welcomes all to be like St. Mary and become his relatives. When virtue is lacking, everything is in vain. But when faith works through love, grace opens up tremendously. It, it's the spring of grace. And it is no coincidence that today's reading, of course, which is so near to the Feast of the Assumption of St. Mary, speaks about this. Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. 
Today's reading was also read during the Matins of St. Mary's Feast yesterday on August 22nd, but from the Gospel of St. Matthew. So it's the same reading, but from St. Matthew. Also Luke in chapter 11, it says, And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. But he said more than that, Blessed are those who hear the word of the God and keep it. For this reason, St. Mary is called the second Eve, because she is the first, as the first Eve was disobedient and lost the divine image which humanity had and which she was created, this Eve was obedient and gained that divine image once more on behalf of all humanity. She was, she has become for us a pattern for us to follow, to become the brothers, sisters, and mothers of Christ, to become part of the heavenly family. It is an open invitation for all to become his relative. We had a couple of wonderful talks during the veneration praises this last week during St. Mary's Fast about her life and about her virtues. They are available, of course, on podcasts. So if you guys want to listen to that, you can definitely go back and listen to it. It's beyond the scope of today's discussion to talk about the extreme trials that she faced all of her life and the tribulations she had to endure. Uh, with patience and love and faith, and to talk about all of her virtues and her life. Uh, We can't talk about it in this short sermon. But from her history, briefly spoken of in church tradition, including what is written in the Bible, we have seen her humility, her love, her, her obedience, quietness, her service, faith, hope, patience, courage, purity, leadership, and others. Virtues we should all strive to achieve. But these virtues that we strive for, as we see in the life of St. Mary, are fruits of our response to the work of the Holy Spirit. The Lord knocks on the door for all of us so that we can, so that he can enter, enter into our life and give us these great blessings and this great grace. It is up to us, of course, to use our free will to open the door and allow for the work of the Holy Spirit to come into our life. It's the worst of things, however, to resist the work of the Holy Spirit. Utter resistance and continual resistance for our whole life, that hardening of one's heart for all of our, our all of our life to the work of the Holy Spirit does not allow grace to enter into our life and subsequently it does not allow forgiveness of sins either. Our Lord speaks on this in today's reading. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter, But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has an unclean spirit. Denying the very goodness is what they did. They denied the very goodness of the Holy Spirit to enter into our lives and to effect real change, and they even called it unclean. So God forbid that we resist the Holy Spirit. We have to be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit and not allow that resistance to take root in our life. So may God's mercy and love grant us to be included in that holy family of God in heaven and that we may follow the pattern of our Holy Mother, St. Mary the Theotokos, and all the saints, angels, martyrs, and prophets, um, also through us responding to the graces that are freely given to us, uh, the graces of the Holy Spirit, that we can have faith that works through love, that that our response can actually show in our actions. And through the life-giving Eucharist in Christ Jesus our Lord, To whom be glory forever. Amen.